Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In the Philippines, people believe that eating beans will raise your uric acid and raise your sensitivity to gout. So as a doctor, did you do you know this to be true? No. No, right? Like, I brought this up with my supervisors and they were like, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. And I go, it's a thing here. <laughs> like, it's a huge thing here. People across all social demographics from very wealthy to those with not much money believe that they're like oh if i eat mongo as mung bean they're like oh no i can't i can't eat that because um it's gonna spike i've, I've got a, a uric acid problem it's gonna spike my gout you are listening to veggie doctor radio and this is episode number 224 Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Well, hello, veggie lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. You're going to love this episode because I loved it. Juana is amazing. So today I have with me Juana Yupanko, and she is doing such amazing things. I am just really impressed, admire her, and very proud of her. But first of all, I want to remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, consult a health professional. All right, so let me tell you about Juana. So in 2017, Juana Yupanko founded Mesa Neat Missus with the simple mission of wanting more Filipinos to eat more Filipino vegetables. She also found that Filipinos have the highest instances, instances of non-communicable diseases such as heart problems, high cholesterol, diabetes, and high blood pressure. All these diseases are preventable by simply consuming less meat and less packaged food. Juana has since collaborated with top restaurants in Manila to promote the use of local vegetables in their menus. She conducts classes and seminars on plant-based cooking using only the Baha'i Kubo vegetables of the Philippines as these are available all year round. To further her education on plant-based nutrition, Juana completed the plant-based nutrition course at the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies. She is currently taking up her master's at the University of Edinburgh in the field of global nutrition and food security and was the recipient of the Richard Davidson Scholarship Award. In late 2020, she wrote the Mesani Mrs. Cookbook, which was awarded best in the world in the vegetarian category at the 2021 Gourmand Awards. And the book is currently on its second print run. Y'all, this episode is so interesting and fascinating, and we laugh so much, but we learn about Juana journey into plant-based nutrition, how she did it for herself and her husband, but then her children and the struggles that she's had with her children in plant-based and some of the cultural challenges that she's faced in that area. We also talk about why and how she started the nonprofit Mesa Me Missus, what it's about, how she wrote her book, how it got this amazing award. But we also talk about her master's thesis research 
into legumes and some interesting health beliefs that are very prevalent in the Philippines, which keep some Filipinos from eating beans. So this is really fascinating and interesting. I think you're going to love this episode. Hopefully I can have Juana back on again someday. We can talk some more about some of these topics, but I know you're going to love it. So thank you all so much for being here, new and old listeners. I appreciate you so much and we couldn't have this podcast without you. So thank you and please share it if you think that it would benefit somebody else. And now let's welcome Juana Yupanko. Juana Yupanko, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Hi, Dr. Yami. Good morning from where I'm from, from the beautiful Philippines. Oh, I can't wait to visit someday. And what an honor to talk to you all the way from the Philippines. And, you know, I've been watching your journey over the past couple of years and You've done some amazing things. And we were just chatting recently on Instagram. I was in the UK visiting beautiful Scotland, which I absolutely fell head over heels in love with. And then you mentioned to me that you were doing a master's thesis that had to do with beans and I was immediately hooked. So I wanna talk about that. But before we get to that, I wanna start at the beginning. So share with us your plant-based journey how did you even become interested in the power of food for yourself and for your family? Yeah, about five years ago, my husband had a bit of a health scare. And, you know, like years before that, we always try to eat healthy, like organic everything, grass-fed this, the best of that. And it just got really expensive, as as it does when you're buying these high-quality high quality produce, right? And I thought, well, what if we just take out all the meat. I knew that meat was inflammatory. I knew that uh, processed food would cause disease. So I said, why don't we try it? Let's try going uh, vegetarian for a month. Uh, so he agreed. And after a month, we did blood work and everything went down. The bad cholesterol went down, his sugar went down, um, numbers for uric acid went down. So I said, why don't we try removing eggs and milk and let's keep going. And we did. And, you know, he lost weight. He got healthy. I did too. Um, and I said, you know what? I, I think it works. And from there I pursued, um, you know, more knowledge. And that's how I came across you. I took the Colin Campbell uh, course. And I remember you were the very last one um, on the, the very last module. Um, and from there, we've just continued. We just haven't stopped. So that's what it is. We got into it for health reasons. And now the whole family is plant-based, including my dog. Oh, I love it. Oh, my dog is too. And we just started a whole food dog food called Bramble. And she can't oh. get enough. So yeah, it's so fun. They smell better too, right? Like they they don't smell like like little <laughs> they don't smell sweaty. I don't know. I think dogs still smell like dogs, but she's my princess <laughs> and she sleeps with me. So she can't smell that bad because I am super sensitive to smells. So if right. she smelled that bad, she wouldn't be able to sleep. Like literally right next to my face oh when my we're goodness. sleeping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's only six pounds, so Okay, but I've known you for a few years because you did reach out to me at the beginning of your journey because you I were did. concerned about your children. So tell me about what have been your struggles raising plant-based children? Just, you know, stop there, but also with your culture and living in the Philippines. Cause I know that when we first started, you brought up to me some concerns like cultural concerns and maybe just your family things that people would bring up. So what struggles have you had raising plant-based children and what cultural challenges have you encountered? I think with the kids, the first thing, it's, it's ingrained in your head as a parent, your kids need protein to grow. So that's always in the back of my head. Now I'm very lucky because my kids like beans. They like all sorts of beans, lentils, everything. So I don't have a problem feeding them that, but there's always a nagging feeling at the back of my head. Like they're maybe not as tall. And I compare them with cousins and relatives who I know are meat eaters and who have been given 
formula milk to enhance growth. And I see them like, oh my gosh, they're tall. What if my kids don't catch up to that? Um, I think the struggle is not with my kids. I'm very lucky my kids are quite good. There's some vegetables they absolutely will not touch, but that's fine. We stick to the ones that they do like and I try introducing later, but the struggle is really me as a parent and always thinking, am I doing the right thing? Is it going to show up when they're in their 20s and um, I didn't know. And culturally, that reflects like in family, with friends, when you get together. So you're like, my gosh, are your kids not going to eat meat? Where, Where's the protein from? And I know the answer to that, right? But it's still like, is it enough? So um, it, it's that. It's the protein sources like that that's the struggle that's always in my head um eating out here in the philippines there's not that many uh vegetarian or vegan restaurants so we make do what we have so we go for asian food thai chinese japanese where you have a lot of these dishes and we just bring them together and create our own big meal but yeah i I would say those are the big struggles for me Yeah. And I think everything that you've expressed, like, thank you so much for your honesty, because that's part of just motherhood, right? Like we literally worry about every decision we make for our kids and whether like I I tell moms that we do this like projection into the future and it's always at least two decades ahead. Like whether it's a discipline thing we've decided to do or food or whatever, we go 20 to 30 years ahead and we're imagining our kids like are in jail, they're on the street homeless, you know, they're like, whatever, like, why do we do that? You know, it's like, but you know, I think it's it's like normal, (laughs) right? It's normal for us to be concerned about that. But you did say at the beginning before we started uh, recording that your kids are growing quite well, you know, it's been a few years since we've talked about them. And it is one of those things that sometimes you just have to have the support of a community, the support of other people that are also raising their kids this way to help you feel reassured. Tell me a little bit about Filipino culture and meat because I grew up with Filipino friends and oh, the food is so good. And (laughs) I've heard and I've, I guess, witnessed also myself that it's pretty meat centric. So tell me about that. And like you said, it's a little bit difficult to navigate restaurants, but what about family gatherings and things like that? Is it difficult to find food? You have to always bring your own. In the beginning, I would always have to bring my own food, including to my own parents' house. They'd be like, oh, so I'm preparing lechon, which is a whole roasted pig and barbecue this and that. What are you guys going to eat? If um, Just bring your own, right? So in the beginning, it was like that. And the more that our family saw that, no, we're this is not a phase um, and, you know, we're, we're looking well, the kids are not shriveling up. Um, they started cooking for us. And, you know, like it, it makes people really interested. And it was the same with my friends for about two years at all the gatherings. It was like, just bring your own food. We don't know what you want to eat. And now it's to the point that they're like, I tried a new vegan caterer. So she's going to cater the, the, the meal. And it's just become accepted and more normal. So I I think that also goes with the trend that you're seeing worldwide where there's more plant-based options for everything. You know, we've got burgers, chicken, plant-based everything now, and people are becoming more open to that. So I'd say the difference between now and five years ago is huge mm-hmm. um, in terms of acceptance and being able to find options. Now, in terms of Filipinos and meat, we love pork here. There's pork in everything. Um, So even if you order uh, vegetables out in a restaurant, there's bits of pork. Um, Culturally, like our dishes don't really center around a lot of vegetables. We have one mung bean dish and that's it. And the rest is like vegetables with like meat and um, shrimp. So traditional Filipino food very, very meaty. I'm sure you tried adobo. Um, I think like Filipino friends, that's what you bring. Um, so the egg rolls, it's, it's what are they challenge. called? L- L- starts with an L, the egg roll. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was yeah. my favorite. Yeah. L- they, yeah. Like my, my friend's mom would always have those ready for me when I would visit. So <laughs> she kind of spoiled me a like little. After school <laughs> snack. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that has, that's made with ground up pork inside. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's good. It, it's delicious, but there's just pork in everything. We were pork and fish. And um, what I found through writing my, my masteral thesis is that pork is an inelastic um, item. So even if the prices of pork go up, people will spend up to 10% more on pork just because they want it that bad. There's no thinking, okay, I'll switch to veg. They'll just spend more. Interesting. Um, and that's how, that's how it is here. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me about what's been the best part of a plant-based lifestyle for you and your family. I think the the health benefits for my kids. So previously, they had a lot of um, eczema. And uh, I discovered this when my son was maybe just three days old. Um, he broke out in rashes. His poo was neon green. So I freaked out and called the my pediatrician. And he said, you should stop eating eggs and chicken and observe your baby. And when I did, um, you know, the rashes went away, poo became normal. And I thought, well, if my, my, my regular pediatrician who uh, has been with me for 12 years knows that eggs and chicken cause a reaction, there's something that they're not telling us, right? Like, why is this like a widely known uh, fact that eggs and chicken cause this and milk, sorry, caused this kind of reaction. So now um, I think the best part is seeing everybody with no rashes, no inflammation. Um, my husband and my two kids both have it. And it's, for me, the best part is seeing smooth skin, nothing itchy, because that was really difficult um, when they, before we, we became plant-based. I, I also see that the kids um, have more energy, long lasting energy. There's no crashes. Their moods are better. Um, and I know you feel that in yourself when you are plant-based, I can see it. Um, there have been times over my journey that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try and it's Thanksgiving or it's Christmas. I'll, I'll have a piece um, of meat and I'll try it. I'll see, how do I feel? How do I feel? And I can feel it. Um, and I can see the difference. So I think for us, it just feels like a more peaceful, rash-free household. Nice. That's so beautiful. All right. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your nonprofit, Mesa Nimesis. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. So tell me, first of all, what does Mesa Nimesis mean? And how did you start this nonprofit? Why? How did it come about? So Meseni Misses means the table of the misses. Um, here in the Philippines, it's the wives or the women of the house who are the decision makers when it comes to what goes on the table. So it's men. The men will um, earn money and turn the money over to the wives um, and say, okay, you, you take care of everything. So when my family decided to go plant-based and we were doing it for a couple of years, I thought, you know, if I can't, I can't spend so much on these, on broccoli and cauliflower, kale, that's all very expensive here because it's all imported. Or if it's not imported, it's grown in like private, private organic farms and it's just not accessible to most Filipinos. And then I thought, we have our own set of vegetables that grow here. Uh, for very cheap, but nobody really, you know, they think of it like that's what you eat if you have no money. That's what people in the provinces eat. But they actually are full of like vitamins and minerals. And I really believe that where you are, like where you're born and the food, the natural vegetables that are put there by nature are good for you. They cater to you and your, you know, what in your situation. Um, so that's what I thought, okay, I'm going to try switching out the broccoli, switching out the spinach for the local stuff that we have here, but keeping the same recipes. So you still have that flavor because that's what you're looking for when you eat it. It's that flavor, that umami. So I started experimenting with that, which is slowly switching out things. So we have our own um, kind of spinach. It's a little slimier here. Um, but I started switching that out, um, and that was a way to make it more affordable and accessible to all Filipinos, and at the same time, promoting the use of our local vegetables that we tend to forget about. Yeah. Well, I actually downloaded your book on Kindle, and I went through the whole thing, and I was just 
fascinated because I, I love that you said that. I love that you pointed out, hey, broccoli, cauliflower, and spinach are not local here because no. <laughs> people in a certain place, they assume like, oh, yeah, it's just where it's everywhere, right? But yeah, reading through, I love how you described all the vegetables and not only did you describe like the texture and the flavor but also their nutritional properties and it was amazing because it's like some of them i had never heard of in my life some of them i had because i'm from panama so it's a tropical country and so we have some similarities but there were some that i had never heard of that were just nutritional powerhouses and i was like oh i just i would love to taste that and experience those vegetables But I love how you brought it down to, you know, this is not just about eating plants, but how can we eat plants that are accessible, sustainable, local, made for where we live, our region, the tropical area that we are, and start to utilize what we have. Because as we know, with the world changing, it's what we're going to have to do anyway. So you have like one step ahead of everybody (laughs) else. So thank you very much. And hopefully someday I'll get to try some of those amazing vegetables and different legumes. And we're going to talk about legumes in a little bit. But first, let me ask you about, you know, you said that friends and family, they're starting to incorporate more plant-based foods. Do you feel like you've been a positive influence for some of your friends and family to start integrating a more plant-based diet into their lives? And in general, do you find that Filipinos struggle with more plant-based foods or once they learn about it, are they able to integrate it pretty seamlessly? I hope I've been a good influence to them. Um, In the beginning, it's like, oh my gosh, like it's Juana and her veggies. But after a while, they private message me and they'd be like, so I bought this thing. How do I cook it? Can you send me a recipe for it? And I just started just among my my own friend group that just started becoming like, uh, I was the veggie person. So, and, and now everybody, like I've had um, friends who tried, uh, so in Messini Missus, we have a 30-day plant-based challenge and it's like, a, it's 30 uh, recipes for 30 days for lunch and dinner. So I would give it, I'd send it to them and they tried it and slowly people are becoming more open to it. I do several talks um, for corporate wellness, for people, for big companies and it's, the questions that I get for them from them are always like, well, I can't find vegetables when I'm on the go. I can't find vegetables when I'm eating out at the office. I, I live too far away to bring a doggy bag. The food's not going to be good when I get there. So it is a struggle to find it. And um, if you're eating out, if you're working, if you're at the office all day. And then there's also the flavor profile that people are looking for still with meat. They're always going to try to compare the meat with the vegetables i always tell them you need it's a totally different thing of course with my recipes i try my best to season everything the way i would season meat or lamb or pork but it's not going to be the same because meat in itself has its own uh flavor right um i think it's still it's still a bit difficult it's still expensive here um, to to find something plant-based. Uh, just the other day, um, I left some money with my sister to take my kids out. And I it wasn't a lot of money. I said, sorry, I don't, I don't have a lot to leave you today. But here, just in case the kids want snacks, here's some money. And of course, being the fun aunt, you know, she got pizza and like fries and stuff like that. And I said, I'm sorry, I didn't leave enough. Do I need to give you more? Do I need to pay you back? And she said, no, I've got change. Everything fit. And I said, my gosh, that's why people choose fast food because it's so cheap and the kids are happy and it's accessible. But that um, a switch just sort of went off. I said, this is why like people aren't going to, buy the veggie burger or they're not going to buy um the grilled uh hummus platter you know uh, uh, at the restaurant because it's expensive a pizza i mean there's a vegetarian pizza but it's still quite junky right um it's cheap so it it is hard we have a lot of plant-based 
alternatives coming out now and compared to the real thing, sausages and things like that, it's expensive still. Mm -hmm. So definitely a struggle. Well, the good news is that there's a lot of companies they're racing to make some of these alternatives more accessible. But I think also the work that you're doing, just educating people about, hey, this is what we have here, the local produce, this is how we can use the local produce instead of letting that go by the wayside, I'd be like, oh, we don't eat that. That's just what people from, you know, from yeah. the provinces in Panama would call it interior people from the not from the city that's what they eat we don't eat that here you know so um so i think it's all about education but also the world is changing so eventually i think it's going to be in the forefront yeah i, I think here like a big struggle is that's it there's a lot of people not from the city they come in from the provinces and they're used to cooking the vegetables in certain ways and that's even uh, people in the city were used to eating certain vegetables certain ways. And when you see it, you're like, oh, that's only good for this dish. So what I try to do is to create different recipes. Like it, we've got like pesto, uh, which is an Italian dish. We've got burritos. We've got kimbap, uh, Korean food. And you're using the vegetables in a different way. So a big part of the mission of Mesa de Mises is to get people to see it uh, different from how it's culturally been perceived or eaten. Yeah. And even what you said earlier, which it requires a paradigm shift, because it if does. you're just like, oh, I want everything to taste exactly the same, it's, you know, your brain is going to have a certain expectation. You're going to be disappointed, but it's all about, it's still going to be delicious. It's just going to be different. You know, it's yes. going to be a whole different way of thinking about food rather than here in the American culture. Traditionally, it's like, OK, what meat are we going to have? And then you pick the sides to go with it. That's yeah. when people get used to that way of planning meals. It's very difficult for them when they transition to plant based. Instead, what I tell people, think about what kind of flavors do you want to experience? So you're saying, OK. Do you want to have like the Italian flavors? Do you want to have Absolutely, the Asian yeah. flavors? What are the flavors you want to have? And then you can start to put together the meal, the recipes that you want to have to incorporate those flavors. So it's just a whole different way of thinking about food. Hey, y'all. I can't believe it's already September, which means back to school and busy schedules. It's time again to pack those lunch bags, shuttle everyone around to sports practices, and do your best to make a nutritious yet fast dinner. I wouldn't be able to survive without batch cooking on the weekends. I always make a big pot of beans, a whole grain such as brown rice, and often steam some potatoes. I use these ingredients along with fresh or frozen veggies throughout the week when making different meals. However, it's really the sauce that brings everything together. You must have a delicious sauce. That's why I love Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce. It's perfect for those weeks that you just didn't get around to it or one of the kids ate all of the cashew cheese sauce in one sitting. It's a bit spicy, but not too much. And it's got a pleasant tang and a subtle creaminess. Plus, it comes from a cool new vegan business that you're going to love to support. If you haven't already tried a bottle of Bernie's, I really want you to give it a try. If you're feeling ready to give it a go, it's called Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce, and you have a good reason to grab yourself a bottle or two right now. My listeners get 20% off their first order of $20 or more and free shipping. Just use the code Dr. Yami. That's D-R-Y-A-M-I. Follow the link in the show notes or go to www.berniewilds.com. After you taste it, I want to know what you think about the sauce. Do you love it as much as I do? Go get yourself a couple of bottles of Bernie Wilds Adventure Sauce right now and get your 20% off and free shipping by using the code Dr. Yami. Enjoy. Yeah, that is absolutely it. I always say to people, you know, this piece of meat has tastes like nothing, <laughs> like if you don't season it. So if there's something people need to invest in, it's a whole bunch of spices. You've got your Mexican, Italian, Spanish, everything to make the food taste, um, get that taste experience, right? That's really what it's all about, I think. Yes. Okay, so we've already started talking about your cookbook, but... 
were you surprised by its success? And it looks like it got an award, like a worldwide award. That's amazing. So tell me about that. So this is the actual book. Thank you for downloading the Kindle, but it's not very thick. It's priced at um, 250 pesos, which is five, four, three or four dollars. So it's very, it's priced so that everybody can buy it. And it was sold online in all the, all the bookstores. And it's really to show people, I really wanted it to be accessible. So that's why it's not expensive. The recipes inside are uh, at a very, very, very low budget for a family of four. And I just wanted, my, my goal was like, you know, I, I hope someone buys the book, period. That was the goal. Um, and then one day my publisher said, look, you've been, uh, you've been nominated. And I thought it was a joke. I thought it was spam. Um, but it turns out there's a, a, an awarding body um, from Europe called the Gourmand Awards. And it's a huge, big uh, cookbook thing. Um, and so I found out I was on a short list of, I think we were like 14 people from all over the world with these beautiful cookbooks. Um, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm just glad I was nominated. I, I can't believe it. And then a couple months later, I got a message. It, it said, like, you you won in your category. So we're um, out of the category. There's like there's like three. So you're like three winners in each category. And I just kept rubbing my eyes. I said, are you serious? Like my book, this little like. It's so pink. It doesn't even look I like a real I love the pink, so pink, though. I love the pink. <laughs> because here, like, people people here, like, we love color. Like, we're, we're in the tropics. We like color. And here, they're like, I said, I don't want to put my face on the cookbook. They're like, no, in the Philippines, you have to put your face. Like, it's, like, about selling yourself as a personality. And I'm like, no, I just want my vegetables. In the end, they were like, just do it. And... When I looked at, I Googled the other books and there's nobody on the cover. It's like this beautiful, like vegetable dish. I was like, oh my gosh, how did I win? And I thought, wow, they, they must have really read the book. <laughs> they, they weren't like judging it by the cover. They, they actually read it. So I was completely floored that this, this little pink book, which wasn't meant for the world to see, was seen. And that people in Europe, uh, all over the world, are now reading about our alugpati, um, our kangkong, our, our our local plants. So just thinking about that, I was able to make a tiny, tiny contribution for that. It's uh, it's still shocking for me um, every day to to realize that. And you should see some of these books, man. I mean, like. There, like there was one that was uh, a German book. It looked like everything was foraged from the Black Forest. Just really like, wow, like it's in a bird's nest. And another one was from France and beautiful vegetables grown by the side of Brittany. So everything's a little saltier, a little sweet. I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I here? Um, but yeah, uh, amazing. I'm, I'm so shocked. Oh my uh, every goodness. Every time I think about it to this day. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I have chills and my eyes are tearing up because to me, that oh. means that your spirit, your energy was right for this. It means that you put that, that right energy of giving and of love into this book and they were able to feel that. That's why that happened, you know? And as I read through the book, I can tell that too, because I can tell that you care so much and you put so much attention into researching and learning about these vegetables and creating things that are accessible for people. So congratulations. I think it's Thank amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So now I want to talk about beans because yes, you know how much- I love beans. I'm a bean pusher and I want more people <laughs> to eat beans. So I'm really fascinated by the master's thesis topic that you chose. So tell me about it. Why did you choose this topic? You know, uh, this goes, this links back to one of your questions about a cultural struggle. So in the Philippines, people believe that eating beans will raise your uric acid and raise your sensitivity to gout. So as a doctor, did you, do you know this to be true? No, no. Right. Like, 
I brought this up with my supervisors and they were like, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. And I go, it's a thing here. Like it's a huge thing here. People across all social demographics from very wealthy to those with not much money believe that they're like oh if i eat mongo as mung bean they're like oh no i can't i can't eat that because um it's gonna spike i've, I've got a, a uric acid problem it's gonna spike my gout and we grew up believing that everybody grew up believing that so that's why we don't eat beans in this country and um you know as people who are plant-based Beans are our go-to for protein. They're, you know, the biggest source. So I said that that's a really, really big challenge. And about six months into being plant-based, I said, okay, I can't keep buying um, uh, imported lima beans and lentils from from the states and Australia. It's expensive after a while. So we gotta have something local here. And when I started looking, we I found we do. We have a lot of local beans, but they're just not produced um, in big quantities because people don't eat them. And when you ask the farmers, the producers, why don't you produce a lot of this? And they're like, oh no, because it causes uric acid. So you can't eat too much of that anyway. It, it is a rampant belief. However, doctors here know that it's not true. In fact, um, one of the uh, governing bodies, like a big, big uh, hospital here, put out a pamphlet that says, no, beans do not cause uric acid. Like they had to write something just to show people. And it's, uh, people don't, know that they don't believe it they're like yeah no i don't believe you well and like the the biggest irony of the whole situation is that it's the meat that's leading to yes. gout exacerbations and increased uric yes. acid. So, so like my so mind if, is like all like twisted up right now like wait how is this happening <laughs> you and every like scholar i've spoken to they're like are you are you serious? But I actually, after a bit of research, I actually think it might be something in Asia. It's an Asian thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge, huge study done in China that shows that uh, beans actually combat gout. Can you believe that? Like they, they proved quite the opposite. I think the, the study was over 30,000 people in China just to prove that. But in the study, it also revealed that even some doctors, and uh, I think it was, it was done in China, there's still hesitation of doctors to prescribe more beans for, more um, because of that lingering thought that it just might spike uh, your gout or your uric acid. So I think it might be an Asian thing, but definitely in the Philippines, and I can speak confidently about that, it's a big deal here um, why you can't have it. And so I thought, well, if we're taking out pork, which is the number one preferred meat here, we need to replace it. So my study centered on replacing, uh, I chose three legumes, uh, black-eyed peas, which grow here, um, it's called paayap, um, pigeon pea, which I'm sure you have in the Caribbean, which grows a lot here as well. So and taking that and uh, replacing it, doing a study like the cost, nutritional value, what would that entail? And in the end, you know, um, my winner, my winner bean was the cowpea because of the high protein content, the iron, the minerals in it. And I found out that pork doesn't even have that much iron in it. We have, we fortify it here when they're making pork products and it comes out. A wait, lot wait, cheaper. wait, 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 back up. <laughs> I was still thinking about cowpeas. Yep, now you I just said, <laughs> now you just said, I want you to repeat this because I don't want anybody to miss it. Okay, you just said y'all have to fortify the pigs with iron so that the we meat have, has more iron? Yes, we fortify our pork products. So you, they put it into the pork? They put it into the pork wow. because pork, the iron content of pork here is just not that high. So you're eating kind of like a mutant hot dog with uh, extra fortified things when you can have your black eyed peas at a fraction of the price with a higher iron content. 
Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you said that because there is this assumption when it comes to meat that meat is superior because that's quote the natural way, right? And so it's it's got all your iron, it's got all your, you know, it's got everything you need. Don't worry about it. It would be unnatural to not eat meat. But a lot of people don't know that when it comes to a lot of these animal products, either they have to give vitamins directly to the animals because the animals aren't eating the way that they used to yes. anymore, or they have to put it into the product afterwards. So thank you for bringing that up. We Absolutely. do have in Panama, one of my favorite beans in the entire world are pigeon peas. Yes, I, I can't. I think I, I found them. them once here in the States and it was canned and it wasn't quite the same because I like it, you know, cooked the way that we cook it. But um, they're so delicious and they're so earthy. They're just, yes, they've got that nutty. Mm, they've got that. Oh, so good with rice and some avocado. So amazing. So, oh, you eat it with avocado. Yeah, we have avocado and, and Panama. So I, I'm, I'm just picturing my white rice with my pigeon peas and some sliced avocado and a few slices of tomato. That's it. That's all you need. You're good to go. Oh, that sounds so good. I actually have a recipe for pigeon peas. Um, and I call it Cadios Caribbean style. And it's got it's got like peppers, it's got coconut milk, it's a little spicy, it's got paprika. It's so good. And we serve it with a side of like grilled bananas. Oh, oh yes. So good. Yes. And rice. Yes, our platano. Yeah. Well, in Panama we eat like super like plain. My husband's always like, Why do y'all why is y'all's food so bland? Like we barely put anything. <laughs> we just put the sofrito. Like it's just like the you know, yeah. culantro, which is like the cilantro and the onion and the tomato. Yeah, like and then the we onion. just, everything goes in that, everything, like no matter what you make. And so then the beans are pretty plain. And then we got our white rice and then we just put, so we eat very, very simple, but those beans are just so flavorful and yummy. So it's really and nice here to hear. We have, we have 68 varieties across the country so they're not just wow. we've got the dark ones green ones marbled ones and in every region they sort of and when you when you go to the different regions they cook it in all sorts of different ways but a majority of the population doesn't know about it or they forget about it when they come to the city but they're delicious one of my favorites as well i just thought of a project that i have to do I have to go to the Philippines and then we're going to go yes. through every place and taste all the different pigeon peas. <laughs> yes. It's going to be, we're going to oh, find a funder for this so project. <laughs> we will. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Oh, and my last bean was the rice bean. Um, so the rice bean that actually came up as the highest in iron. So the right, the iron content of rice bean was much, much higher and pork Interesting. Um, yeah and people and people here they serve our one bean dish which is mongo they serve it with pork it's 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 the beans and the pork and they go i can't eat that because that's gonna cost my gout to spike i'm like you can't eat the pork <laughs> eat the bean part oh my gosh i'm dying i'm dying okay what is a rice bean like what does that look like a and what does it taste bean, like um a rice bean is quite close in texture and flavor to a mung bean, if you've ever oh, had yes. it. Mm -hmm. um, they're long, uh, like a grain of rice with a with a white part in the middle. So kind of it can become mushy. So they use it a lot in India, uh, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and curries. So that is a little bit harder to find even here. Um, so the price is a bit higher, but out in the in the provinces, they they do have that a lot. Um, here, the most produced one is the black eyed pea, mm -hmm. which um, you know it, it it grows everywhere. But uh, a big challenge here is people don't know the names for it. So in every region, there's a different name for it. At some in some supermarkets, I actually see it, and they go, "Oh, that's white bean." I go, "No, no, no, no! It's so much more than a white bean. You don't understand how much nutrients there are in this." So I think that's a big struggle when you tell people about it. They don't understand just how good they are for you. Yeah. And how valuable they are for your diet. And how yummy. They're just really yummy. Black eyed yummy. peas are, are very yummy as well. And they also have that really earthy, rich flavor too. They have a lot of flavor to them. So 
What has surprised you the most about the research that you've done on this topic? Hey, are you kind of curious about microgreens and including microgreens in your diet, but you're not sure where to start and you're not sure how to do it? I love my Hamama microgreen grower. It's so easy, it's so convenient. So this is how it works. Basically, they send you the kit and it has this little seed quilt, okay? And then you soak the seed quilt in the water and in a few days, you see your tiny little baby sprouts growing and a few days after that, you can start eating them and it's so fun. And you can tell them that you're eating them and they're really happy that you're eating them and your body's really happy that you're eating them. But here's the best part, because I've told y'all before, I'm lazy. So I don't wanna have to use any mental energy that I don't need to. And they send you seed quilts every month. So you don't run out, you can change what seed quilts you want to try. So here's some examples of some of the seed quilts they have. Hearty broccoli, refreshing cabbage, energizing kale, spicy daikon radish, super salad mix. You can even get wheatgrass, you can get culinary cilantro, or even hot wasabi mustard. So there's lots to choose from. They have different flavors. They're so cute and they're health promoting. So you can get a good dose of antioxidants and it's really beautiful. I also use them for garnish when I'm making soups and salads and different bowls. You can impress your guests. But like I said, it's going to be low energy cost on your part and it's actually not that expensive either the other thing that i use from hamama is a green onion growing kit which is really cool because it can decrease your food waste so you buy the green onions and then the little part that has the root the white part at the bottom you stick it in these little holes and then you just put the water in there and it grows and then you can keep eating the same green onions you just go with your little scissors and you chop it off and you put it into your food so if you want to give it a try you've been curious about microgreens and different ways that you can grow your own food, check out Hamama. You can find it in my show notes for a link to get 15% off, or you can go to dryami.com forward slash shop so that you can find the link and get 15% off your first order. Happy growing. Do you love Veggie Doctor Radio, but you're sick of listening to ads? Join the Plantscription. The Plantscription is a monthly membership where you have access to ad-free episodes of Veggie Doctor Radio every week. But that's not all. You also have access to a monthly live Q&A with me and a monthly live book club. You also get access to writings and musings and free giveaways. It is such a great deal. Right now, it's only $5 a month to join the Planscription. If you wanna join, go to planscription.substack.com or go to the show notes to follow the link. Join the Planscription today and join me in this plantastic community. I think it would be how affordable it actually is. Um, you know, when, I did this for a year, like the the research was over the year and I had like highs and lows, like at some point I was like, oh my gosh, no, it's not going to be affordable. Or like it's when you're reading about um, the digestive process and the, the true ileal protein and all this scientific stuff, right? And the journals and at some point you're just sort of scared like, oh no, oh no, oh no, it's not going to work. Like my my thesis is wrong and I'm going to have to switch gears. What surprised me was like, you know what? I was right. <laughs> I was right from the beginning. There is protein. It can be a substitute. It's going to work. So like that was that that was um, I, I wouldn't say surprising, but more like a relief because you just know, or I just knew in my heart and my gut, like this this has to work. It it everything um, points towards yes, it can be a substitute. But as you're going through that research, you know, um, big big cohort studies, you're like, oh no, it it might not really. So and it works. It does work. I love um, it. There is proof. Like financially, it makes sense. Nutritionally, it makes sense. And when you look at um, just overall health and well-being, um, it can lower cholesterol. It lowers blood sugar. Um, it, 
it just it just makes so much sense and when you look at it as like a whole picture that big prop problem of protein just kind of like kind of goes down because you realize you don't need that much anyway not as much as they say you do so that uh, at first it was a glaring problem oh no filipinos are going to be malnourished if i tell them that uh you know what is pushing beans uh for all these people but it, it turns out you don't need that much and the vitamins the phytochemicals the fiber all of those other properties become more important when you're looking at the grand scale of things so yeah. yes that was the most surprising thing when i finished i was like Whoo! big relief oh, no. <laughs> yes how about did you look into the differences in sustainability like i thought you had mentioned something about comparing it to pork as far as sustainability did you look at that as well i um no as my project was limited there was a, a word limit to it so i couldn't go very, very deep into that, but just scratch the surface. Um, and what I found was, so when you plant legumes, there's actually, it has a lot of benefits for the soil. It has nitrogen fixing properties. Um, when you're using it, uh, if you intercrop it with other things, here we do it with rice and other vegetables, it actually decreases your need to buy um, artificial inputs such as potassium and um, nitrates. So I looked just very, very briefly into that. We couldn't go into it as much, but the overall idea is that by planting these with your crops, you're actually, you, you need less fertilizer. You need to spend less on these artificial things. Your soil will be healthier, your nutrient cycling, new bacteria in the soil. So just as an overarching idea, adding legumes, not just to the diet, but to the farming system will eventually bring down the costs and enrich the soil that, that it's in. Um, the only issue here is that the, the, it's, it's labor intensive, you know, like picking the beans and all of that. Um, that's, the, that's the only issue. But that in turn, that generates jobs, right? You need more people to, to pick. You need more people to, to harvest and plant. So that um, eventually will become, or I hope that uh, the paper somehow becomes useful to people to influence policy and like looking more into that. There, there are a few studies that have been done locally by local researchers about how it does benefit the soil. But I think looking into that deeper and like further study into that will really help uh, in the promotion of planting and eating these beans. I love it. Well, I think it would be amazing if you trigger like this whole cultural revolution in the Philippines and the people started it eating beans be. after all these years of thinking it's going to give them gout. <laughs> That would yeah. be amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I'd love to know what your proudest accomplishment is thus far and what do you hope to accomplish in your space in the next five to 10 years? Wow. Um, hmm. Well, for now, it's the cookbook, I think. That is something I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of. I hope to write a couple more books with... Um, no budget constraint this time, just so you can, I can go nuts with like the ingredients and what I put into there. I think something I'd like to see in the next five to 10 years is exactly what you mentioned, an uptick in consumption of beans and something that uh, we can spearhead or just to have more people who are in policy actually listen. And just if I could give like some input into that, that would be like an incredible accomplishment for me um, to be able to, to help with that. You have to make a vision board. Like half of the vision board has I to do. be like pictures of beans. And then like yeah. <laughs> a picture of the country of the Philippines and then you smiling. <laughs> I could just see yeah, your vision board and, here already. <laughs> yeah, and getting more, more farmers to plant it, getting it into more stores. Um, I tried with a few stores bringing it in, but the supply just wasn't enough. There's transport issues, you know, things that um, 
just as an infrastructure just need to be worked on like our whole agricultural infrastructure just needs a little more help but in terms of just getting more bean dishes into restaurants yeah. or in people's tables that would be such an amazing thing to see i love it what do you wish more people knew that beans don't cause uric acid <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I wish more people knew that or believed it. That's that's my number one. Me too. It's crazy, I wish right? that like for when you I as tell well. You, <laughs> when I tell you, you're like, no, no. But here, everybody, everybody talks to a guy on the street. So fascinating. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I've never heard of that. So thank you for sharing that because that gives you so much perspective. <laughs> like I, you know, I do have families that are Filipino and, and I've never heard that before, but that might be their belief as well. Who knows? I've never asked them, yeah. but it's very you interesting. Try. <laughs> All right. Switching gears one more time. Do you have a morning routine? It happens to be morning where you are right now. Yes. Um, if so, tell us about it. Yeah, I wake up, I have my tea or my matcha, and I walk 6K. Um, that's my morning routine. If I'm not dropping the kids off at school, I won't eat breakfast till a little bit later, to like 10 or 11, just because, I don't know, I can't eat too much in the day. But yeah, it's 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 that. It's quite simple. Exercise is so important just to keep moving, get your steps in. So I try to get that out of the way as early as possible. Do you walk outside? I do. I walk outside. Um, we had really, really bad lockdowns here where, you know, you couldn't leave your, your house, you couldn't go out in the street for months. So when they did start allowing people out uh, into nature again. It was like, oh, and I don't take it for granted anymore. I used to, I was like, now nah, just walk on the treadmill. I'm going to go to the gym. But now if I can be out, I'm out as much as possible. You need that vitamin D you, to, to be like triggered from the sun, just being near trees and nature. It, it just makes a difference for your mood. It just elevates everything. Yes. And being out brings in nature, up your frequency. Yeah. We know that being out in nature is health promoting as well for the microbiome Absolutely. and for so many other reasons, decreases our stress levels. So I love that you have that. Yeah. Well, Juana, this has been such a treat and such a pleasure. I'm super proud of you. I'm just oh, really you, just oh like impressed with everything you're doing and so grateful so grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing. I mean, it's so powerful and any way that I can help you, please reach out. But I'm sure listeners would love to know how to connect with you, how to grab a copy of your cookbook for my listeners that are Filipino that would like to maybe learn more about the nonprofit. Tell us where we can find all of that. Uh, so the book is downloadable on Amazon, um, available for Kindle, and you can check messanimisses.com for all the recipes. It's under maintenance now because we're uploading all this new stuff, but soon it'll be up. And we're on Instagram, always on Instagram, at messanimisses, and you can click on the recipes there. So, but Dr. Yami, I mean, I have you to thank for just motivating me to keep going, especially with my kids. I remember something you told me, like, they're not going to be mutants. They're going to grow. It's, you know, like, I always remember that. So I, I have you to thank for um, just keeping me going when, you know, I doubt myself sometimes. Like, sometimes I think, you know, going plant-based for me and my husband, never mind, we're full grown. Doesn't matter if it, if it's a massive failure, we're all grown up. It doesn't matter. But it's like my kids, you know, if I fail with this, that's a big problem. Um, so thank you for just motivating me to just, uh, stay on track and reassuring me. I have you to thank for that. Uh, it's my pleasure. And remember that you're giving them the greatest gift ever. And I know that it's, you know, you're a mom, so you're going to feel doubtful sometimes and afraid, but you're doing a fantastic job. So keep it up. All right. So last thing, I want yeah. you to leave us with your favorite tip for other plant-based parents feeding their children, how can they make veggies taste amazing? Oh, buy an array of herbs and spices. Have your kids also expose the kids to different um, flavors at a young age, because that way they're not going to just 
be used to one certain taste, get them, get them tasting different things. I think that's one thing uh, we have with my kids. We say, okay, what are we having tonight? We'll say, we, well, let's have Korean. And that just means Korean taste, right? It doesn't mean like we're having the chicken wings or the bulgogi. We're having Korean flavor. So that's a big thing. Invest in your spices. They're going to last a long time and your different sauces. I know you were traveling with your sauce yes. um, all over <laughs> the UK. <laughs> so that's a big thing. Uh, different sauces, flavors, spices, invest in that. And that'll make food more interesting for your kids. And it'll uh, food will become a concept. Taste is a concept and not a piece of meat. Yes. For your uh, kids. Amazing, fantastic tip. Wonderful information. Thank you again so much, Juana. I want to wish you, you the best Annie. of luck with everything. And I hope that you have a very fantastic day. You too. Thank you. Hey, veggie lover, I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.